you know, we can have a really relaxed attitude towards studying the Bible. And it's a big book. But maybe we forget that our studying doesn't only impact our life, but potentially impacts the lives of many other people who need help. You are listening to the Hope Valley Podcast, a weekly production of Hope Valley Church in Winchester, Virginia, with your host, Pastor Sam Rogers. Well, hello, and welcome to Sunday Morning with Hope Valley Church. I'm Pastor Sam. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Valley, and today we're uh, picking up in our series uh, through the book of Acts. We're studying through the book of Acts verse by verse. Uh, don't be thrown off by the different uh, location for filming today. I uh, just had to change up what room we were recording in. Uh, but anyway, we are picking up in Acts chapter 8 verse 26 today. Uh, just from when we left off last week in the story between, uh, really between Peter and Simon is where a lot of the dialogue happened. And so we're picking up in verse 26, and uh, let me just give you some introductory information in order to get you caught up just with where we're at so far in the book of Acts and really in chapter 8 here. Uh, so the story is going to return to where we left off with Philip really back in verse 13. Uh, and uh, just to get you caught up with that, you know, Philip uh, and many uh, in the Jerusalem church had fled Jerusalem because of the persecution that really broke out there after the uh, death of Stephen. And so Philip had gone north to Samaria to preach the gospel, and uh, he was healing people and delivering them from spiritual oppression and really doing a, a wonderful ministry there. And so, you know, the spread of the gospel, this is what we're going to really see become a trend in the book of Acts. The spread of the gospel outside of Jerusalem uh, was really significant and clearly something that God was doing, right? And we talked in earlier lessons how God was using really this terrible situation of persecution in the church in Jerusalem to push the gospel out of Jerusalem and really into the rest of the world. And so, you know, the spread of the gospel outside of the historical people of Israel that we're now seeing in the book of Acts is really actually a fulfillment to many promises, the first of which goes all the way back to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, when God promised Abraham that it was through his offspring that God would bless all the nations of the world. And so we're actually seeing that happen as the gospel begins to spread to Samaria. And uh, then actually uh, now we're going to see uh, even to a region of Ethiopia through a government official. And uh, as we read, here's a fun fact to know, because there is, of course, a modern country called Ethiopia. And um, uh, that's not the country they're talking about. At this time in history, uh, what they're calling Ethiopia was an ancient nation called Nubia. And that was kind of like in the southern part of modern day Egypt and northern Sudan. So, um, fun fact there, but we're going to see the gospel begin to spread to that region, which of course is really quite far away from Israel at the time. So, uh, we're going to pick up here in Acts chapter 8, and as we do that, uh, as we read through uh, verse 26 to 40, uh, we, um, the question I would really just invite you to ask yourself today, and uh, just have in the back of your mind as we read through these verses, is this question, why do we need to know the scripture. All right. And you might already have answers to that question in your mind, but just let the question linger as we read through the passage today. Why do we need to know the scripture? Okay. So let's pick up here in verse 26. And it says, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. And so he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch, 
and high official of Candace, Queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. And he had come to worship in Jerusalem and was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. And the spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. And when Philip ran up to it, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? How can I, he said, unless someone guides me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And now the scripture passage he was reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before its shearers, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. And who will describe his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, I ask you, who is the prophet saying this about? Himself or someone else? And Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that scripture. And as they were traveling down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, Look, there's water. What should keep me from being baptized? And so he ordered the chariot to stop. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him any longer, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip appeared in Azotus and was traveling and preaching the gospel in all the towns until he came to Caesarea. All right, so now what we're going to do is uh, let's just go ahead and walk through this passage and just kind of break it down and examine uh, those verses that we just read. Uh, you know, the first point uh, that I want to talk about here is that God gave Philip directions one step at a time. Did you notice that? You know, Philip isn't told what he's going to find in the southern road, right? Back in verse 26, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and just said, go to this southern road, you know, over here, just go there, right? Um, he's not told why, what's going on, what will he find there. He's really being pointed to a road in the middle of nowhere, essentially. And Philip does it, right? Um, he, he, he just goes. Like, think about that for a moment. He's told to just go to a road in the middle of nowhere, and Philip just obeys. He does it. And what's more is that when he gets there, he's not even told what to say when he gets up to the chariot, right? He just goes. He sees a chariot. Voice says, get up and go join that chariot. Uh, but the Holy Spirit doesn't tell him even what to say when he gets there. And so he's not told why he should go to the chariot and what to do when he gets there. Uh, instead, what actually happens is that the next step becomes clear when he hears the Ethiopian reading right? And so Philip was in a position, this is what I want us to think about on this point, right? Philip was in a position to take the next step because he had already obeyed the first command, right? Because Philip had already obeyed these simple but seemingly incomplete instructions. Go to this road. Go to that chariot. Uh, and because he had done those things, he was now in a position to um, to minister to the Ethiopian, right? And oftentimes, God's directions really only make sense after we obey them. And that's actually what we see happening here for Philip, right? Surely once Philip heard the Ethiopian reading Isaiah, Philip's light bulb goes on and goes, oh, this is why God wanted me to be here. But it wasn't until that moment, after he had already obeyed, that the commands began to make sense, right? Uh, and so the second big point we see here is that Philip was prepared to minister because he knew the scriptures. And remember, 
when we read through it, I asked you to have that question in the back of your mind. Why is it important to know the scriptures, right? Well, Philip is prepared to minister to minister the Ethiopian because he knew the scriptures, right? It's such a powerful thing the Ethiopian says, right? He needed someone who understood, right? Because Philip hears him reading and Philip says to him in verse 30, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian responded to him in verse 31, how can I unless someone guides me, right? So the moment he says that, the opportunity for Philip is revealed, right? The Ethiopian official, he had questions, but, he, uh, but no one who could answer them, right? The Ethiopian, he had questions, but he didn't have anybody who could answer them. And so he needed a guide. And Philip became that guide to him, right? Philip was able to answer the question because he had the understanding that the Ethiopian needed in that moment, right? Uh, because look here in verse 35 again, right? It's like Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus beginning with that scripture. And so Philip knew what the scriptures meant, and he also knew how they pointed to Jesus. That's a really important point there, right? So Philip was prepared to minister because he knew the scriptures. And then the third point I want to look at today is the fact that because Philip was guided by the Spirit, right, uh, he was able to be a guide to others, just the kind of guide that the Ethiopian was asking for, that the Ethiopian official really needed this man, right? And so how was Philip prepared for this opportunity, right? Well, he under, there's two things we see really clearly in this passage about Philip. One, he understood the scriptures, and two, he knew where to be, right? And so both of these things were true only because he was led by the Spirit, right? Philip had understanding in the scriptures because the Holy Spirit, you know, Philip is doing the work, he's doing the studying, but the Holy Spirit is teaching him as he's reading and endeavoring to understand the scriptures, right? But then Philip knows where to be because he's being led by the Spirit. So the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God is doing both of these works in Philip's life and preparing him to minister. And you know, back in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus had made this promise about the Holy Spirit. He said, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And later, the Apostle Paul would write to the Galatians that if we live by the Spirit, this is Galatians 5.25, he says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit, right? And so the Holy Spirit leads us into understanding the truth. Uh, he leads us in understanding the Scripture. And He also leads us in where we need to be and when we need to be there, right? And we see both of these things active in Philip's life, right? Philip had this critical combination of being disciplined and studying Right? He, was, he was clearly disciplined in studying the scriptures because he knew how to take the words of Isaiah and walk the Ethiopian official all the way through to the story of Jesus. Right? So he was disciplined in studying the scriptures, but he was also disciplined in listening to the Holy Spirit. Right? And so what happened for Philip was that this had attuned his mind to the mind of God and it gave the Holy Spirit something to draw out of Philip, right? Because Philip had been studying and taking this knowledge in. Now in this critical moment, the Holy Spirit 
had something to draw from and draw that information back out and bring it out uh, in Philip's words at just the right moment that this man needed. And so as a result, right, Philip was actually able to accomplish a lot in really a very short interaction, right? And this one interaction, just while they're going on the road, uh, the Ethiopian official, he comes to, he comes to understand and receive the gospel message of Jesus, even to the point of being ready to make a public proclamation by uh, being baptized, right? And you, and you, and you literally ask Philip, like, hey, there's water, will you baptize me? I mean, so this is a tremendous amount of transformation and growth and understanding in the Ethiopian official's life in really a short period of time, all because Philip was already prepared, right? And so look at this experience from the Ethiopian's perspective. I mean, verse 39 is pretty wild, right? It says that the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him any longer, but went on his way rejoicing. Can you just imagine this guy? Like he's, he's going down the road in his chariot. He's reading Isaiah. He wants to understand it. He has questions. There's nobody around him who can answer his really important questions. This random guy comes running up to his chariot. He's like, I can totally explain all this to you does it, baptizes him, and then just like vanishes, like in thin air, apparently. And the Ethiopian official is so overjoyed with this interaction that he doesn't even like, it doesn't seem like he freaks out that much even about it. He's just like, wow. And he just goes on his way rejoicing, right? Like it, it's really incredible. But the thing I want us to focus on today is the fact that Philip's preparedness led to a miraculous event in the Ethiopian's life, right? Which, you know, we're not told more about this man and, and what happened when he went back to his country. Who else did he teach? Who else did he lead to Christ? Uh, probably many, right? We're not told those details, but we can imagine just how many lives are transformed because of Philip's obedience and preparedness. So there's a lot to think about there in that passage. So uh, now I just invite you to do that, to think about what are some of the big ideas and what are some of the next steps, maybe some applications personally in your life that you can see from these things, right? What are some of the big ideas we saw? How do they apply in our lives? What do we need to do about them, all right? Be thinking about those questions. Uh, and as you're thinking about those questions, let me uh, just share with you some things that I wrote down for myself as I was studying this passage. So a couple of big ideas that I see here is first that people, okay, who, people who are lost and confused, they rely on us to bring clarity and understanding. Many of us at one point were lost and confused. Maybe you're lost and confused right now. What do you need? You, you need someone who will help guide you, bring clarity and bring understanding, right? Um, and so as followers of Christ who are growing in knowledge and growing in uh, you know, the understanding of the Scripture and being led by the Spirit of God, right? we can't do this if we're not students of God and students of His Word. Right? Our knowledge and our familiarity with God's Word has a direct impact on the lives of others. I hope that's something that we can maybe pull from this story with Philip today. right? Because... So often, you know, we can have a really relaxed attitude towards studying the Bible. And it's a big book. And knowing scripture is a lot of work. 
and it's not always easy to understand. And maybe we're not readers, right? Maybe we're not into books, uh, as some people say. Um, but maybe we forget that our studying and our understanding of the scripture doesn't only impact our life, but potentially impacts the lives of many other people who need help, who need understanding and clarity, right? And so we can see in this story how Philip's own personal devotional time of studying the scripture didn't only impact Philip's life. It impacted the life of this man and perhaps many in the country he was returning to, right? Uh, the other big idea I have written here is that the, scripture, uh, the scriptures help us to hear and recognize the Holy Spirit's voice and guidance, right? So I would actually suggest to you that part of the reason why uh, Philip was able to understand and hear the Holy Spirit's guidance, right? Like when the Holy Spirit is speaking to him and saying, you need to go to this road. Okay, now go up to that chariot, right? When, when, how was Philip even able to hear and understand the voice of God? Well, certainly one major factor was that he knew the scripture. And as you study the scripture, you begin to understand more and more and more, what does God sound like when he's talking? When I'm hearing a thought in my head, is that me? Is that the enemy? Is that random thoughts? Or is that the Lord speaking to me? And the more that we study the scripture, the more that we understand the scripture, the more that the voice of the Lord becomes clear in our own mind when he's speaking to us, right? And so when we're led by the Spirit and when we're prepared with knowledge of the truth, we have a better chance of being where we need to be and when we need to be there, right? And that's maybe some big ideas for us to focus on together today, right? And then a couple of things I wrote down here is just applications for my own life uh, and some takeaways personally for this. First is that I need to see my personal time in prayer and scripture study as something that impacts the lives of others, right? I need to change uh, my perspective and, and, and keep it always in my mind that the, the time that I spend in prayer and the time that I st spend in studying the scripture impacts the lives of others. Now, I, I continue to think about that in my own personal life, but I mean, just think about it from where you're sitting. If you're listening to this lesson, if this lesson is helpful to you at all, it began with Sam, me, studying the scripture on my own, for myself, right? And so you might be able to look at my life and go, well, sure, that's true for you, Sam. I mean, you're a pastor. It's your job to teach people the Bible. Of, of course, your personal study time affects the lives of other people. But I just want to encourage you, that's true for all of us, right? You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a Bible teacher. You don't have to be Philip in order for your personal Bible study time to impact the life of other people, right? And so hopefully my personal application will encourage you in that way. Uh, and then the other application I have written here for myself is that I can guard against overextending myself and wasting my time and effort by being sensitive to the voice and the direction of the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's something we certainly see in Philip's life, right? Like he didn't waste any time. Uh, he also didn't overextend himself. He didn't spend months and years and years with the Ethiopian. He accomplished a tremendous amount of things in a really short period of time. You, you could think of it as being a highly effective and efficient ministry, right? Um, not always are things this short and this brief, um, but we see that because Philip was being led by the Spirit, there was no wasted time and there was no wasted effort, right? And so I can guard against overextending myself and wasting 
time and effort by being led by the Spirit. So that's another application I've written down here. So uh, now I just encourage us to take a moment and reflect on some of these thoughts today. And first, the way we can do that is by spending some time in prayer, which I encourage you to do really after this lesson is over. Just take a moment to pray. And uh, I would encourage you to pray and ask the Lord to give you a love for studying His Word, but also a fresh clarity in understanding it, right? Because I know for some of us, it can be frustrating to try and get into the Scripture, and it's, it is complex. It's a very complex uh, collection of books, right? And so we, we want God, and we're asking for God, not only to give us a love for studying His Word, but also clarity and understanding in hearing and receiving it, so that uh, our time in the Word is really growing and edifying us. Um, and all of this so that we can be a blessing, not only to ourselves and maybe even just our families, but really a blessing to so many others as well, right? So spend some time in prayer. I encourage you that way uh, today. And then uh, devotional questions I have written down here for us to just think about for the you know coming week is, you know, what excuses might you currently uh, be making for not taking more time to study and understand the scriptures, right? I just want to challenge you with that question. Um, if you've been a believer for a while, or maybe you're new or whatever, maybe you just say, I'm not a reader, I'm not big into books, it's not my thing, it's too complicated, I don't have the time, you know, whatever it could be, think about the excuses that you're maybe possibly currently making, uh, where you're excusing yourself, really, from taking more time to study and understand the scriptures. And then the second question I have is, are those excuses valid? Okay, so once you've identified the excuses that you are possibly making, I want you to ask yourself if those excuses are valid, especially in light of the need for truth in our community. You know, the world needs truth. So whatever excuses we may be making for not knowing the truth and studying the truth and understanding the truth, are any of those excuses valid in light of the need that there is for truth in our communities, right? So think about that this week. I hope that uh, challenges you, but also encourages you to dig a little bit deeper into the Bible and uh, spend that time there. So I hope this lesson has been helpful for you and this time is beneficial. And uh, I really do appreciate you spending the time here with us and um, just pray that God would bless you today. And I uh, hope that you'll continue with us uh, next week as we continue our study through the Book of Acts. All right, have a blessed day. Bye-bye. We are so glad you've joined us today. To learn more about Hope Valley Church and get access to free resources, just go to www.hopevalley.church. Hope Valley is a church based in Winchester, Virginia that meets in homes around the region. So if you'd like to find out more about home churches, how they work, and how to locate one near you, just go to hopevalley.church house. Thanks again for joining us and may God bless you today.